and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Welcome back to another episode of Season Zen, are you okay? No. I, I, I think I think he got so, so excited. He, you know, you know, he, he got so excited, keel over, fell down, and then sunk into the swamp. I might have. That would have been weird. But uh happy 2022, everybody. Uh here's to a month of screwing up dating all of your documents. I've already done it three times. How about you guys? I have not done it at all yet. <laughs> I also don't. I also don't have any documents that I do, which makes hey, this way easier. I've successfully avoided making any of those mistakes. Well, that's that's good. Partially yep. because I use like commands and computer things that put date inserts in instead of typing it myself. I, I mean that nice. I do that automatically, you know, myself when I'm doing electronically. But I haven't written a check since this turn of the year. Well, me neither. But you know, when I when I have to sign some of the, uh, you guys sign documents for work and you know all that other lovely stuff, you're like, crap, I did it again. Yeah, yeah. No, I I can see that. <laughs> I, I have been lucky to not have to sign anything yet. I generally try not to sign things at work. Usually and it's only when I'm in trouble. <laughs> which, amusingly enough, is one of those questions you want to ask yourself in gaming situations, too. True. True. Mm. You see what I did there? No. I did. I, I am. I am intentionally <laughs> no. covering. I'm. Go, I'm doing the the hear no evil. La la la. Just no. Nah, I'm just giving you crap. <laughs> okay. So, at some point, you're going to have to look at how well a game you're running is going. Even as you are better at putting together a game, even as you are better as at recruiting players, setting it all up, and putting all the dominoes in order. There's yeah. always no one GMs in a vacuum. And there's always ways to make things better. Doesn't mean you're doing bad. And there's always kind of a need to kind of reevaluate. Session zeros can be really great, but what we're talking about now is kind of like a session zero in Medias Race. Players change. Lives happen. How many of you in the last two years have had a major life event occur? Exactly. So <laughs> it might mean that you need to adjust What's going on at the table? Maybe you as a GM could make a change. Maybe you want to find a way to broach a topic with players uh, about how things are progressing at the table. And so we want to talk a little bit about talking, taking, giving, and analyzing, kind of evaluating advice. And, and this is one that you know Jules had a really – that's a strong 
impression for and really wanted to make sure we covered at the start of the year. Yeah. Wait, what? Why me? <laughs> Just because I'm strong and opinionated and usually an asshole about certain things. Mm. <laughs> no, but this is, it's a new year. And so these are things that are a lot of times at the beginning of a year, everyone starts doing like, you know, uh, New Year's resolutions and, and things of that nature. So this is kind of a way to talk with, because again, everyone should be talking to your players, but it's not just talking at them. It's talking with them and listening to them. Yeah, that's and, that's communication. It's not just it. It is right. not you know. It's not the sage on the stage kind of a thing. Although you, that'd be a really cool scene in a game, but it, it's a give and take, give and take. You know, it's just like if you know, it's like the thing is like if you don't get feedback from your players, they might be getting bored. If your players are are doing something that's going to either screw their character or their character progression as the game goes on or they're annoying other players or something like that and they don't know it you might end yeah. up with just everything in flames and tears you know it's this true. is it's collaborative this is this is supposed to be you know everybody everybody working together for everyone to have fun the gm and the players included you know yeah and the thing is, like, also, if the thing is, like, it's also not, um, you know, just criticizing critiques. It's also could be like suggestions, like, say, you know, say everybody, like, we've been in the city for the last two years of writing this game. I'm getting bored. You know, it doesn't mean that the game hasn't been fun, but they're getting bored. Right. You know, and, and it's, it's figuring out, you know, what is working, what isn't working by, literally taking advice from everyone at the table mm -hmm. and you I know if you're if you're doing like a session zero when you normally start a game you could do just like a out session of okay what do you what have you enjoyed what have you not enjoyed you know in a way Actually, a good way of almost kind of thinking about this because, you know, grown up responsible adults like us, nudge, nudge. Uh, you know, sometimes if you're leaving a job, you do through an exit interview where you you're so, and I'm going to, you're supposed to be giving honest feedback. Sure. You know, but the thing is, though, that information and the thing is, like, you talked about, you talk to your players about, it's like, hey, what do you think? Tell me what you want. You are going to get like a jillion and one scientific scientifically accurate uh, number there ideas so the thing is like there is information deluge and you're not going to really know exactly what you want to do so the thing is like in order to kind of figure it out you want to you want to ask your question but you don't want to be like well what do you guys think or it, it's it's lousy it's just like some some guy's gonna say oh the dice hate me one guy's gonna say you didn't bring cheetos the other one was like this dude was kicking my chair but if you're like okay what do you think about the antagonist introduction or Hey, what do you think about the combat speed or, you know, stuff like that? Just like specific things that have happened. And as you're running, you might notice is like some people might really like it or some people might not like it at all. And the thing is, like, if you ask what you think about it and they really like it, then you're like, and you remember, we've talked about this a lot before. Uh, uh, Gautamarze brought up the, you know, it's like, yes, and, and the, 
And, you know, come on, keep talking, give me more data. Because the more refined you get, you can kind of sort of distill into that, like, what'd you think of like the combat speed? And they're like, oh, I liked it. It was fast. Okay. What does fast mean? Because it could mean like, okay, it was only one or two rounds, or it could also mean like, no, it's like we had like 20 rounds, but we were like freaking Errol Flynn. So it wasn't like, you know, like it didn't feel like yeah, 20 rounds. Exactly. It's that kind of thing. So the thing is like, you're able to, to distill that, what the, what did they like? And kind of like, oh, they liked it because of how it made them feel, or they liked it because it didn't bog the games and everyone was still able to to do stuff. It was done quick. It, it was like a, it was, it was that tension release, you know, of a combat, you're ambushed, you kill them all and you're on your way again. It's just like, ah, <gasps> <sighs> yeah. find out what they liked it. And the thing is like, also you can do the same thing is like, you know, some people like, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, like a, and like a enemy rush is like kobolds, kobolds, kobolds all the time. And it's like, all right, you know, hack and slash, hack and slash. And other players might be bored to tears. Like, did you like the, the kobold? Did you like the, uh, the, you know, the kobold rush, or did you like doing those, uh, those puzzles or, you know, uh, stuff like that. So it, and you know, well, Oh, you liked the, uh, the puzzles. What did you like about it? Was it because it was a difference in kind or do you just like puzzles? One of the tactics I like to take is, you know, asking players what they want for their characters and getting feedback about, well, I really like getting to, you know, shine in combat. My barbarian, my barbarian's yawp has been fantastic. Or, you know, I'm hoping that we're going to get to go back to that city that we visited a while ago and get involved in this thing. Or, you know, there's that dangling space alien threat I'd like to see resolved. Hearing from them what they want tells me what has been good and also where they would like to see things go. And it tells me where their level of personal investment is with their characters. So it's that whole, oh yeah, I'm having fun. I'd like to explore this relationship I have with an NPC versus, oh yeah, it's great. Nah, keep doing what you're doing. That that gives me, there's a level of disengagement that I want yeah. to address. If, but the thing is like, if they're saying, hey, you know what? I let, It's like, no, keep doing what you're doing. It's like, we're, we're having like little bits of, and the thing is like, really what? It's like, well, it's, and if they say, hey, we got variety, we've got, you know, your dungeon delving, and then we've got that, uh, you know, like investigation with Poirot, and then all of a sudden it's just like, all right, it's WWE, it's WWE in the catacombs, let's get ready to rumble, kind of a thing. And if they like it because it's varied, if they, yeah, we like to keep doing what you're doing, it's like, really, what is it? And at least see what you can do and then say, hey, is am I understanding it right? Because repeating it back to them because they may, oh, no, 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 that's not what I meant. No, no, no. Put the chair down. <laughs> right. That's great. What part is your favorite? Because I want to make sure everybody gets at least something coming up in the next part of the campaign I'm designing. I, I always try to give them a level of agency for their character when I talk about it. Mm-hmm. Instead of just you know trying to ask the question to receive data. I try to give them the feeling of, of agency of shaping what's coming. Uh, and that for me, I sometimes get better results that way uh, where people are willing to kind of say about what they want to do with their character, what they want to avoid, as opposed to asking them at the player level, Hey, what was good or bad? Can you tell me about it? Yeah. Yeah. And, 
it just depends on how you approach yeah. it. Because here, oh, sorry, I actually sorry. got to a point when I was running a a pretty weekly game where I would be like, I I I don't remember what show it was, but I was I was listening to a podcast about running games. Um and they had said one thing that you might consider doing is telling your GM what you'd like to do that session. And I tried doing that one time and it was way more fulfilling than you would think. And it's not a bad way to do things. It's definitely different. And mm-hmm. it it worked because it wasn't what was expected. You know, because you, you come into the game and you're like, because I would play from time to time. If I was a player, I didn't have, because of my old job, I used to travel a lot. So I didn't get a lot of time to sit down and play with everyone. So whenever I would come in, it would be like, dude, I would like to do this in the the game. And I kind of was like, I don't get to play very often. So these are the things I want to do with my character this time. And it would either work or it wouldn't work. And, you know, there's a difference between trying to do that sort of thing. But it's a neat way of kind of getting that information from your players. Like, what would you like to accomplish this session? Especially in in pretty open-ended games where you don't have a hard, you know, this is the adventure that you're on and you have to go along the adventure. Where, you know, the players have a lot of agency in what's happening. You can use that to kind of also gauge where their interest is lying and their advice basically is, this is what I would like to do. And you're getting it, and then you're trying to figure out what, how best to make that happen. Now, if somebody is like, you know, you're in the middle of, you know, a tropical city, and they're like, I want to go to, a, to the tundra. It's like, okay, well, that's not happening this session. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you but know. It's like if they, if they want to say, it's like, you know, we've been in the city so long, let's, let's explore the wilds. And that makes you think, it's like, all right, you know what? Let's see what we could do to start, ge- not today, but gearing it or, you know. Yes. You know, at the end of the thing, they, they've just outed, uh, they just outed a foreign spy. And then another guy comes in and he's just like, there's dragons in the field. Poof. Yeah. You know. But the, yeah. here's the other thing, though, is like when you're when you are doing that, when you're trying to get the, that feedback, one, you do have to be kind of quite kind of careful, you know, about the the questions that kind of sort of influence uh, even unintentionally, you know. Um, yeah, it's just like uh, they, their, their opinion on something like that or, or kind of like give like that uh, the leading questions kind of a thing. But yeah, um, but here's the thing, though, when when you are. You know, the thing is like, and say here, we'll be honest, players usually are very vocal about their feedback. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's solicited, sometimes it's not, you're going to get it. But the thing is like, what you have to do is also is like, you kind of also have to parse what they're saying. 
And you yes. got to be careful. It's like sometimes it's just like, you know, dreck, but you also have to be kind of like figure out it, it, there's like deep there. You can't, you can't be like entirely like fully accepting or fully defensive, because if you accept everything they're saying is truth and this is what you must do, you're going to derail the game and it's going to you know, you're going to lose your story and your voice as the GM. And uh, granted, yeah, we're it's like not every here. Look, you can't please all the people all the time. But, you know, kind of knowing what somebody likes, you can kind of like, all right. It's like, you know what? At this point, let's all right. Let's have a pirate fight and, you know, give this thing, uh, give this player a little bit of joy. And the other one is just like, all right, you know, let's do this forgery thing kind of a thing. But if you yeah. are trying to do all of it all the time, it's it's going to be the the tone. You're, you're going to lose your voice and the tone of your game is going to be schizophrenic. Yeah. But the reverse pretty much, but the opposite of it and pretty much the same side of the same coin is pretty much is like anything they're saying you're taking as attack and they're dumb and they're wrong and they should shut up and just do what you say. And if anyone's seen that, uh, that GM Joe cat episode, you kind of see that. But the, the thing is that if you're not listening, it, it, and the players are getting frustrated, you know, pretty much it's, it, it turns from being a collaborative storytelling event with occasional like rivalries and little, uh, adversary into a they pretty much gm versus the players and granted there are certain types of, of things that would you know kind of be a little fun where you know the gm gets to let the little sadist out and, and like the players get their little more murder hobos out just a little bit kind of like satiate that a little bit but if it becomes constant it's terrible yeah. there's the thing is like it becomes adversary it becomes a chore it's like who wants it's like, who wants to go and, and go to a game and all you are doing is fighting? You know, not just in game, but the thing is like, you as players want to do something. The GM says, no, you are following my vision. And anything yeah. you say is stupid. And the thing is like, you know what? It, you might still well, you have end a up phenomenal game. Table with that. You end up with a, mm -hmm. without a table usually if that's yeah. the case. But And here's the thing though. It's like, and, it, and I am not kidding. It could be you still have a brilliant idea and it's going to be a fun idea and they love it. But because of... Hey, we just had a snowstorm or two people just got over being sick. You know what? Maybe now's not that right time to put that part in the game. Yeah. You know, so it's it's not the, you know, if everyone said, you know what? No, no, that's a little too intense. Can we keep it mellow? And you're like, all right, you know what? Uh, you know, there's two rival Cold Bowl gangs and then you set them up to do a live chess match and it's hilarious, you know? Yeah. You know, but if no. they're saying they don't want to do it, it might not be you. It just could be, hey, not the right time. Now, it's here's not, another thing to think about. We, we've always said, you know, talk to your players. Now, some of your players are not going to be able to sit there and articulate to you the things that they're enjoying, the things that they're not enjoying, all of that feedback. Some of them will need to write it down. Or, or some will need time. Some will just need time because they can't answer on the fly. Text. Right. Use other ways other than everybody sitting at a table because you may have that one person that's just like, oh, I love this and this and this. And, you know, it kind of focuses on that one person, but everybody else at the table also has their say. Get everybody's say before you start doing things because if you don't, you will end up catering to one. And that's not what this is about. 
So talk to everyone in whatever way works for them. And, you know, here's the thing. It's like giving giving advice and feedback, you know. And the thing is, like, I'll, I will be honest. It's like none of us, uh, uh, unless you're, you know, you enjoy that kind of thing. I know I don't. Is It's like, yes, it's like it's important to address and be aware of your short your shortcomings. But the thing is, is like if that's all the kind of feedback you're getting. So the the, the joke kind of, uh, there's, there's a better way of putting it. But I, I always, I liked it. It was called the suggestion sandwich. Where you have like you bring up on something on, something good, something yeah, bad, and finish with something good. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, and there's there's much better. Uh, there were better terms, but I just one of my friends called it the suggestion sandwich, and I'm keeping it. So you you give them. It's just like, hey, dude, you know what that? You know, it's like, hey, your idea of using the environment to do X, Y, Z. That was a pretty cool idea. It's like, however, it's like you are for. It's like you know what you do have special. You have special abilities. Um, but they only work when you're in a group. You might want to kind of think about that in the future. And just like, and dude, if you do that, you're going to be able to pull like, you know, you're, you're pretty much going to make Batman have his jaw drop kind of a thing. You know, so yeah. you want to tell him it's like, it's going to be helpful. And you, and, you know, tell him it's like certain things that are, you know, that do help the game and other things that might, you know, that, Hey, that was a cool idea. You might inspire one of the like the elementalists to think about rather than just wind and they're spinning in the air, you know, just or you know, yeah. like a like a druid is like, hi, now you got a whole bunch of pigeons pooping on you. It's it's right. stuff like that. It's stuff like that. So, you know, but uh, you know, and offering suggestions like that, but uh you don't want to say that let's just put it this way don't insult your players don't criticize them like you i rock and you guys suck and my balls are mighty and swing pendulously <laughs> and yes i i i had a gm say that and my husband did as well when he was trying to to he's like he's like how come every time i have a suggestion and he's telling us the gm the gm says like is like it's like i rock you suck and my balls are mighty and swing pendulously the gm fell over laughing but yeah. stuff like that it's just like you want to, you want, there's nothing wrong with offering critique or maybe some suggestions of ways you can improve or, and here it is, not even just in play style, but say they're mixing up uh, certain abilities because they kind of sort of work a little bit, but it's like, wait, which one does what? It's like, hey, you know what? I found these like uh, for Dungeons and Dragons, these ability cards helps me keep stuff straight. Might want to pick something up or, um, you know, it's like on your character sheet, do like a red, you know, highlighter over that ability and use a little red sticky tab in the book for that thing. So, you know, which one goes what, you nice. know, so, yeah, you know, don't and insult them. You're going to end up with tears, an empty table, and you just wasted way too much money on minis. The only thing I really want to add um, at this point is make sure you do actually reach out. We've mentioned about there can be players who aren't as outgoing at the table and trying to make sure they have a, a space to play their character the player may players may also seem fine and may not be bringing up that they are not enjoying certain things either because of the gm or other players so make it a point to reach out to everybody even if you don't think anything's wrong because everyone will have some level of feedback that's going to be helpful mm -hmm. and uh before Indeed. we get into the cooler parts this is a warning. This is a red flag. This is that woo-woo light. Be careful of what I like to call the auteur player. 
they're jerks. They're the player that kind of sees themselves as the bestest thing of all time and the bestest thing that ever, um, the bestest thing that ever lived. And they are, and what they'll do is like they will give unwanted, unsolicited, and some, and frankly, insulting in, uh, advice. And it's done very condescendingly, you know. And, and if you don't take what they, what they say. You know, it's like, then you suck and you're a terrible GM. Or if you, as a player, it's like, you're a lousy player and you should quit. That, you know, watch it. If you, if a player starts acting like this, stop. Do not let that behavior continue. You know, you go as far as boot them from the game because honestly, I have seen games crash and burn. No one has fun. You know, pretty much it's like, oh my, this guy is evil monologuing and that's all he does every game. And he's like, twinked himself to the point where no one else gets to do everything. Yeah. So, you know, it's like they if you know, they're they're not quite as uh you know, it's like they they're not like super duper common, but I have seen it enough. Yeah. You know, so but here's the thing is like and it's it's seems to happen more frequently in tabletop RPGs. You know, so the and the thing well, is Well, yeah, cuz like, a lot of people have and I, I, I felt terrible at a, at a con. I go up to a GM because, you know, we were having the next session the next day. And I'm like, I have some notes. And they got angry. And I'm like, no, no, I, I have memory issues. Did I write everything down right? Did, or did I misunderstand something? And then they just started breathing normal because usually I have some notes means they're going to criticize everything you did and tell you ways to fix it. Yeah. I feel terrible for the gym because I didn't know that. I'm like, no, no, no. I have memory problems. I was writing down the stuff that I think I understood, as I understand. And it's like, if, if it's an in-character misunderstanding, but if it's because I didn't hear it, uh, can you just make... And they were like, oh, 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 you're the note taker. I'm like, oh, God. So, yeah. warning. Yeah, but keep an eye out for that. And if a play, if as a player you start seeing it, you know. So it's it's... It it can destroy a game. It can. But yeah, there's there's lots of, you know, things. And this is, you know, as you, we have already gone for almost 30 minutes on this. So it can really, we have a lot to say on this. Mm-hmm. So we will probably circle back to this again. Pin in it. Because mm-hmm. this is one of those topics it- that is good to go back to from time to time. And here's the thing is like, we like, as Gardemanger always says, Hey, we just scratched the surface. If there's part of this, you want us to deep dive into or more specific sections. You'd want us to go in, go into, you know, just like, Hey, or specifically to certain types of games, you know, let us know we're on discord. Let it, you know, we're on Twitter. You could probably send up smoke signals at, or well, with the snow coming in, uh, sled dogs. And then we get, and then we get to pet them. So, but let us know, let us know. We'd like to hear back from you. We've gotten some really cool uh, episode ideas from people that listen to this. So, you know, who knows? Like you might come up with something and everyone's like, that's brilliant. And off to the races. Yep. All right. Well, I think we should go ahead, call this done and... After a short break, roll on into our next segment. 
This episode has been sponsored by Tabletop.land. Not sure if you want to get into making all your own full terrain sets or scatter pieces? Hmm. Not sure you want to get into that 3D printing thing that everybody's doing for your own stuff, or maybe minis for that matter even. Well, there is a new web shop that is up and coming called Tabletop.land. Go check it out and see if there's anything that tickles your fancy. Or, given the time of year it is, maybe you could even pick up something for that GM of yours for Christmas. System-neutral pieces that can be worked into an ongoing game or inspiration for your next big game event. Okay. So, we have come to the stat block. I'm sorry, guys, because, well... I'm not very tall, so when the snow hit us, it's like they had to dig me out. So it took me a while to defrost. So <laughs> I don't worry. I'll I be on for the next that. time. I will be on for the next time. I promise. Once you know my fingers completely thaw, so I get to choose who goes first, don't I? Please. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> yep. All right, Zen, go first. Okay. The wind rolled through the rocks, creating an almost whispering quality to it, creeping through the ever-narrowing crack that was getting getting more difficult. The dark overcast sky wasn't this way when you started going into the passage. It was almost a cave between two cliffs on the mountains of Dor. As it gets tighter, all light gets blocked out, and you're feeling your way in the dark. Going around a bend, there's a blinding light coming from ahead. So bright, you're unable to see as you stumble forward and out of the cave. When did it become a cave? The soft moss underfoot dampens your footfalls. After a few minutes, your eyes adjust, and before you, a grotto manifests. Sitting on a stone bench on the opposite side of the grotto is a young man. Between the pair of you is a small pool of water about two strides across. The surface is perfectly smooth, like a mirror, even though you can see several hand-sized fish swimming in it. As you look at the man, you see that he has cataracts of the thickest white. He's dressed as a simple peasant. Spread before him, you see a small pile of bones. Before you can open your mouth and ask him anything, he waves you to silence and picks up the bones tossing them out onto the pool where they rattle and come to a pattern on the surface without sinking into the water. He reaches out, feeling each one. When his finger leaves the bones, they start to sink into the water. I see why you are here, adventurer. And no, I cannot see what fate has in store for you today. Though you will be making your way back here very soon. He then waves you off to leave. For the Oracle of the Doors has spoken. Okay, you, that creeped me out. And I have been doing a lot of uh, Dark Souls 2 uh, <laughs> lore dives. And holy crap! I'm going to have nightmares. You magnificent what? bastard. What? He's I just a it. simple peasant. 
No, but absolutely delight. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, didn't mean to make flips. That's the same coin for our stat blocks. Um, yeah, we do this a lot. Things get in the air, and apparently it's catching. But um, I know that it, it's overdone and overwrought, but uh, sometimes you really should just ask an oracle for advice. It's a tried and true method for a reason. The Seer's Guild has outposts in nearly every major settlement. You don't need to look far. The prices have gone way down since those soothsayers from the West showed up for competition. You can get a really good deal right now. They're always wanting to get new subjects, clients. I mean, however you want to think about it. Do I know their history? I mean... We've all heard the legend of Pythia, right? I mean, how a great serpent bit her, and in the throes of pain, she unlocked the oracular sight, able to see the future, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's a good copy, sure, and it may as well be true. Yeah, there was really a Pythia. I mean, yeah, definitely the first oracle. I don't really want to worry you too much about the rest of it. I mean, look, I know your farm was on the line, and with your kid on the way... Yes... I've heard those rumors, too. Yeah, I know they are getting louder right now. The Duke really doesn't like the Guild much, and I think it's probably did. Look, there was nothing to prove any Oracle had anything to do with that. It was horrible what that young lord died of. No, I mean, what? What Are you saying a seer could have stopped the famine last year? How would, how would we know if they don't tell us? That's crazy. You can't... Pu- uh, no, ma'am. Uh, of course not. Uh, uh, yes, ma'am. We, we know what we, who uh, you are. Yes, ma'am. I, I mean, no, ma'am. Of course we support all of our local seers in the guild. Uh, yes, ma'am. Of, of course you're here for a reason right now with us here alone. Damn, dude. Nice. Wow. The Serpentine Order of Foresight, a.k.a. the Seer's Guild. That is cool. I like that. Well done, dude. I love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you. Okay. Well, I guess we should just keep on moving. And flip on into our next segment. Make a speech good, Zan. An uncommon word that helps improve your descriptions with a bit of information about those words as well. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm... I know somebody's going to get this one, like, almost right. Consigliere. Oh, good grief, really? Consigliere or consigliere? Either one. Look, council membership versus being, you know, an advisor or counselor to someone of power, of respect, are two different things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> usually they usually they are very smart 
and can offer advice on a bunch of different things, which is okay. So since we both know what we all know what it is. So the definition is a person who serves as an advisor or counselor to the leader of a criminal organization specifically. So, yeah, yeah, yes, it's mainly just wait. Okay, I'll wait. So, the history and etymology it is Italian from consiglio or council, from Latin concilium council. Uh, it's the first known use of it is 1963. Yep. Do you know why 1963? Mm. Uh, as far as it made it out of the post Luciano's work after he died, so they actually published the book. Uh-huh. Yeah. Isn't that when the book came out? Yep. That's the first yeah. recorded use. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. It's the first use in print somewhere. That's always the way that um, it's the the date is calculated. Uh, the lookup popularity of this word is the top two percent of words. So, which is strange, but it is. There we go. We have done it. Woo. So, yeah, I was gonna say sixty three's got a whole lot of kind of things that happen around this. Um, the McClellan hearings happen in 63. That's really a significant thing. Um, the, the Well, anyway, I'll stop talking now. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's pretty cool. So I wanted to find um, a, another word for an advisor or counselor or something to do with advice. So, yeah, that 60, makes sense. 63 is when consigliere officially was put into the congressional record of the U.S. Congress. Yeah. As part of the testimony about organized crime. Yep. Yep. It, it's part of what eventually led to the creation of the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act of 1970. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. Damn. Okay, I, I've got... Again, I, I can I, keep going. I, oh, I know, I know you that, can. <laughs> that's the thing. is, like, and I'm trying to say, no, no, shut up. Shut up, Jules, because I know you want to hear all that, but I don't think everyone else would enjoy it as much. Okay. Just because a lot of my stories and, and gaming plans revolve around white-collar crime. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> nope. Okay. All right, so... Let's go ahead and hit our closing remarks and get out of here. Yeah, I have to go shovel. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Since I was the last of the um, stat blocks, I'll go ahead and lead off the closing remarks with recommending advice docu-series that has just come to my attention called The Dark Side of the 90s. It's about the major moments and events of the 1990s. That period of time is, frankly, critical in understanding my outlook on life, the universe, and role-playing everything, as well as things that still reverberate in pop culture today. Uh, for me, it's on Hulu, and I can get it. It may be available in other ways for those of you who consume your vice in different methods. Nice. That's cool. 
I, I, there's a certain I, coterie of gamers that are all going to be informed by the things that are covered in this com- in this series. I, I recommend it for many gamers, not just those who lived through them. I was going to say I was I was um, a young adult in the nineties, <laughs> uh, high school student. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Jules, what do you got? Okay, I have the infinite monkey cage. I know it sounds it sounds ridiculous. Pretty much, it is science. It is science loving comedians interview interviewing and chatting with uh, comedy loving scientists. And oh my god, they it, it, it's probably one of the most interesting types of podcasts. Um, you know, I've it's. I got turned onto it by a friend of mine, and holy cow, it's anything from like, hey, can should cosmology be considered a um, a real science? And it's it's serious science, and it's real science, and they're they're not going into, you know, but it's you know they've they've got uh, you know they they bought um, oh ah uh, Stephen Fry on there for one of them, and um, uh, Claudia Hammond, and it, it's tr- they brought up like topics like trust in science, uh, science fiction versus science fact, um, you know, philosophy, and how does that fit into science, and all these just wonderful, just fantastic, you know, lovely, nummy, nummy, sciencey topics. But you get a whole bunch of comedians who absolutely love science talking with scientists who absolutely love comedy, it gets over the top ridiculous and just make sure that you put your sodas down because I have shot, uh, I have shot soda out of my nose. <laughs> and, you know, and the things like, I mean, they've, the, the thing is like, you'll, you'll hear some of these, um, you'll hear some of these voices and you're like, Oh my gosh. And it's just like, okay. You know, it's like, they like, you know, uh, in season seven, um, Way back in it's and that was from 2012. They got Patrick Stewart. I mean, come on, they've got like Patrick Stewart, they've got you know, they got Stephen Fry from a little bit of Fry and Lori. And so, I mean, dude, you can't you can't not love it because even if it's not, you know, if even an episode isn't your bag, they're gonna find one. That's cool. So uh very cool. Entertain us then. Okay, Mutant Year Zero by right. Free League Publishing. Wait, wait, mutant? Not the video game. Oh, no, mutant. Oh, cut. I'm sorry. I always read that as Mutant Year League. Zero. I read it as oh, I'm an idiot. So, mutant Year Zero. It's by uh, Free League Publishing. They're the same people that did Vessen and several others. Um, They have done some amazing games in the last few years. And this was the first one that actually came on my radar from them. And I saw it years ago, and I had never picked up a copy of it until uh, kind of recently. And I have been going through it because I love post-apocalyptic stuff. And it kind of scratches that gamma world weirdness and 
without being Gamma World. And it has some other really cool, like, overarching story elements that are going on in it. And it's also a world that is not completely given to you in its in the game. You actually design where it takes place. And not like in a normal sort of way. Like you could set it outside your hometown. And you have like one elder and then you're doing things that are really interesting. Like one of the the mechanics is that you could either be like in the the like the vault area working on making your community stronger instead of going out and doing things in the world. And so like you could have all you could do both. And you could have like a session that's just on that or you know working on finding resources for your your vault so that you can make it better. And it's really, really neat. I have been diving into it because I really wanted to do a AP based around this because I, I had seen it so long ago and I'm like, God, I really want to do this. And for the record, I am officially looking for players to play in a Mutineer Zero actual play. So if you are interested in something like this, please reach out to me on Discord or Twitter. I am available on both of them. <laughs> that sounds really kind of cool, dude. It is. It is really neat. And yeah, I have I have got like some really neat ideas of things that I want to do with it. And it is actually part of the engine that was created, basically. The company is also getting ready to release a Blade Runner game. Mm? Yeah. Uh, Morkberg, Tales from the Loop, Twilight 2000. These are all games. They did the Alien game. Coriolis. Mm. Yeah, like they have been doing all kinds of stuff. It is so cool. And at some point here, I would actually like to reach out to them and maybe get a, a review copy of some of the stuff so that we can uh, start working on maybe doing some reviews of stuff from them. Because there's all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> so, those are things that are coming, if I can make it happen. Wicked! Yeah. So, well guys, I guess we're just going to go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Put a bow on it. And... Forget about it until you find it next year and like, oh crap, let's put it under the tree. <laughs> How many presents... Have we had that happen to? I've only had one. None. I had one. <laughs> and it was a present for my wife. So it was anyway. <laughs> everyone, have a wonderful few weeks, or however long it is until you get your next episode of Seize the GM. And in the meantime, have fun. Roll some dice. Play some games. And we will see you again next time. Bye.
Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our time. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handled this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice, or go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by the respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is Once again, thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first. Now get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.